Welcome to another podcast from Rheumatology Consultant. I'm your moderator, Rebecca Mashaw. Today, Dr. Claire Barber will give an overview of her recent research project on implementing patient decision aids in the management of rheumatoid arthritis. I'm Claire Barber, and I'm a rheumatologist at the University of Calgary and a research scientist with Arthritis Research Canada. I'm here to talk to you today about um, a paper entitled Development of an Implementation Strategy for Patient Decision Aids in Rheumatoid Arthritis Through Application of the Behavior Change Wheel. Um, this was a, a study um, that we led in partnership with um, our patient research partners from the Canadian Arthritis Patient Alliance. In this study, we really wanted to understand what some of the barriers and facilitators were to patient um, decision aids. We interviewed 15 healthcare providers and 15 people living with RA, and these individuals were recruited across Canada. We conducted semi-structured interviews and then used inductive thematic analysis, which is really just looking at different similarities and differences across the interviews together to um, outline some themes. Um, to try and understand individuals' perspectives on uh, patient decision aids um, for early rheumatoid arthritis. We did provide people with um, an example of a decision aid, but asked them in general about how they might be interested in in using them and what they saw as potential facilitators and, and barriers to this. And through this, we outlined a number of lessons learned from these um, individuals across Canada. So there were five main lessons learned, including uh, the first lesson, which was that there's paternalistic decision-making is really a dominant practice compared to shared decision-making in early arthritis care. Um, For example, many physicians felt that if they felt that triple therapy, meaning methotrexate, hydroxychloroquine, and sulfasalazine was the best um, treatment for individuals with rheumatoid arthritis, why would they consider prescribing anything else? The second uh, lesson learned was that people living with RA need emotional support and access to educational tools to facilitate participation in shared decision-making, especially following initial diagnosis. We heard especially from patients that after receiving a diagnosis, it's a time of um, shock and they uh, struggle to take any information about the diagnosis and that may actually not be the most appropriate time for them to be receiving a lot of information about um, all their treatment decisions. The third lesson um, from our uh, qualitative study was that there are many logistical barriers to shared decision-making and patient decision aid implementation in current models of arthritis care. Um, We heard that things like time and resource use, ability to have um, multidisciplinary team support were all potential uh, logistical barriers to implementing decision aids in, in arthritis care. The fourth lesson was that flexibility is a necessity for successful implementation of patient decision aids. This refers to the fact that across Canada or even within the same institution, there may be rheumatologists practicing in very different ways and who may use decision aids or or participate in shared decision-making with patients in, in different ways. The last lesson that we learned was that healthcare providers actually have unfortunately limited interest in further training opportunities for patient decision aid use. Many of them suggested that they just wanted a quick email from, say, the Canadian Rheumatology Association to learn about this, but um, felt that they were already had the necessary skills to implement it. And so taking that, we ended up mapping these uh, lessons learned onto uh, 
a tool called the behavior change wheel to really get a good sense of where these potential um, barriers lay and to develop some um, thoughts about how to intervene. And we came up with a number of uh, recommendations to help address some of these barriers. The first was to make patient decision aids directly available to patients and provide education on shared decision-making through websites or through information provided by patient support programs and social media um, to patients so that they you know, could have easy access to this and this would help address some of the barriers. The second was to try and um, create a shared decision-making curriculum in rheumatology to really try and foster change um, from the ground up with our young rheumatologists who are being trained and, and coming, uh, coming up. The third uh, recommendation was to try and leverage allied health care team members as decision coaches or using patient partners as peer support to really try and help create an environment that, that fostered shared decision-making. Um, the next was linkage of patient decision aids to living rheumatology guidelines and embedding shared decision-making through the use of patient decision aids within care pathways, ideally within electronic medical records. And the final recommendation was to try and um, support the design of future trials in patient decision aids and shared decision-making in rheumatology to really help um, evaluate patient important outcomes and to, to help bolster the evidence for their use, which would encourage um, rheumatologists who may be more skeptical in the benefits. Um, thank you for taking the time to chat with me today about this.